Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Merry Christmas, groovy listeners. This is Smokey Robinson. Have a super happy Christmas and a most successful coming year. The Bob Seska Show. Oh, man. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, December 14, 2021, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, how you doing? I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello. Day 329 of the Biden-Harris administration, 329 days until the 22 midterms. Are you kidding me? We hit the day that's 329 and 329. I must have done the math wrong. It's day 329 of the Biden-Harris administration, 329 days until the 22 midterms. And I guess all the planets are aligned or something. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska, and I'm on Twitter at BobSeska underscore go. Okay, sitting right over there, it's that guy. When you say Buzz, Yeah. You said it all. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Oh, no Merry way. Christmas. <laughs> Hello, Bob. Hello, everyone. Oh, Santa Claus. You know what? I forgot to jingle you in. I jingled in Buzz. I thought Buzz was going to be here today. I guess you're sitting in for him. Or is Buzz going to be here? I don't know. Buzz will be along in a moment, Bob. But I'm here today on the Bob Seska Show to remind you <laughs> and all the boys and girls... Only 10 more days and 10 more nights until the elves and I load up the sleigh with all the toys for all the boys and girls and go zooming around the big wide world. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> there he oh, goes. Yeah. I, I just passed Santa in the hallway. Yeah, Santa's stopping by to stress us all out. Let us know That's how many days great. we have left to get our shit I, together. I don't think that was his intention, <laughs> okay. Bob. Santa, Santa means you no harm. Yeah, he came up here to pester us like, hey, listen. That's not his thing let's get this straight let's get this straight right now all right uh, he's, got it. he's bob i'm buzz and our elf on the shelf is liz cheney <laughs> well i see uh chris wallace has left fox news to mm-hmm. uh, to go to work for cnn yes uh, apparently it's part of the network's hostage exchange program <laughs> now i i've been doing a lot of thinking about this uh-huh. and and here's what i've concluded uh that fox christmas tree never would have caught fire if they had just raked the forest. <laughs> Didn't think about Perfect. that, did they? Yeah. Shit. A- a- here's what I'm doing to okay. save the trees. Yeah. Uh, th- this year, instead of sending out Christmas cards, I'm sending a 38-page PowerPoint presentation. So, <laughs> save the trees, Bob. Uh, President Biden has ordered government services to be more customer-friendly going forward. Uh-huh. Uh, step one, fire Lewis to joy. Yay! <laughs> They're not really it. funny. Yeah. Not really funny, but a crowd pleaser. Yes, um, absolutely. 
So, so after all these years, uh, we've just now realized that we misunderstood Nancy Reagan. Oh. Turns out her actual motto was just say blow. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we learned this week that interview with a vampire author, Anne Rice, has died. Uh-huh. Or has she? Yeah. <laughs> Home runs. All of these and, are home runs and, so far. And even even down here in Florida, uh-huh. uh, we're, we're getting excited about Christmas. <laughs> uh, my sister-in-law asked for some 10-pound dumbbells. Uh-huh. Uh, well, that's a lot of weight for shipping, so I Googled uh, dumbbells near me, and I got DeSantis and Rubio. The Bob <laughs> Show. Or maybe this guy. I don't know. Have a Joshy Holly treason. It's sedition time of year. <laughs> I don't know if they'll overthrow the government with their smear. <laughs> Have a Joshy Holly treason. We'll see proud boys in the street. Say hello to overthrow. They won't accept defeat. Ho, ho, the missile codes. He still has, you see. Not anymore. Somebody staging a coup. Arrest them now for me. <laughs> Have a Joshy Holly treason. <laughs> With our election, they interfere. Oh, by golly, it's a Joshy Holly treason again next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rocky Mountain Mike. Rocky MNTN Mike on, uh, on Twitter. Uh, Thank you, Mike. <laughs> I love the holiday songs, don't you? I do. Someone said, yeah, Bob, you really love those things, don't you? And I, Where do you get that impression? <laughs> In fact, you know what? I just put together our uh, indie holiday music playlist that I'm going to be uh, dumping onto our Patreon page at the end of the week. So you'll have something to listen to in the car as you're shopping or if you're having a Christmas party or whatever the hell you're doing. You've got some background music, all of our favorite indie bands and their Christmas songs, some of them that we've been previewing here this month so far. And uh, we're going to be rolling that out in a giant, I think it's about an hour and a half long. It's a nice size playlist for you to just uh, roll in the background, about 20 songs and uh, little bits and pieces thrown in in between the songs too it's a little bit little bit of a, a christmas cheer for you to, to play in the background uh, as yeah. you're proceeding through your holidays yeah you know if you're working late nights uh, drawing up subpoenas and uh, <laughs> and sedition charges it's a nice That's thing right. to listen to bobseskashow.com to subscribe and get that thing i think it's going to be up there for everyone from uh, a dollar a month on up so uh, everyone will have access to it as long as you're part of the patreon page Fantastic. all right so, uh, lots to get to today. We're, we stalled sure. the beginning of the show a little bit because we heard a couple hours ago that the D.C. Attorney General Carl Racine was going to be making a big announcement at the very moment we were scheduled to start the show today. Of course. So, therefore, we had to delay the start of the show so we could find out what the hell Carl Racine was going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Turns out we made the right decision, Buzz. Yeah, he, he announced uh, the, the, this is the Attorney General of the District of Columbia. Yep. And, and, and uh, he was proud to announce, Mr. Racine was proud to announce that uh, that is the first state or city that has filed such a lawsuit as they are filing today against the Oath Keepers, the Proud Boys, and possibly <laughs> others. And, uh, uh, oh, it's... Uh, I'll get to some of the public's reaction to that in a minute, but uh, among the other things that they're looking for here, uh, for one thing, they want to make sure that uh, there's accountability, that the people responsible for what happened in D.C. on January 6th are punished. Mm -hmm. 
They want to make sure that there is, uh, uh, they want to make sure there's restitution. They want the city paid back for all the expense or the millions of dollars the city lost on dealing with the, the insurrection, including lost time by officers. Uh, the, uh, the lawsuit uh, calls out the damage that was done to the city itself and to its metropolitan police officers, and it demands compensation or restitution uh, for those things. But it wants, it wants accountability, uh, and uh, that's what this lawsuit is going for. It will be asking for a lot of money. I don't mm-hmm. have the dollar amount yet. Uh, it was interesting to watch this in real time, uh, to see the live feed on Facebook and people commenting on it as it goes. And yeah. there were a lot of comments from progressives, and uh, most of those comments were uh, people whining and bitching and oh, moaning. God. that well, why, 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 why just a lawsuit? Why no criminal charges? Why aren't you going uh, after Trump? Well, the D.C. Attorney General, he's, he's, this is the sad part. We talk about the ignorance of the right all the time, and sadly, I hate to, you know, I hate to both sides anything, but there is ignorance here on the left. If you understood the law and how things work, you wouldn't be saying those whiny, bitchy things yeah. because you would know that uh, the DCAG does not have that authority. Mm-hmm. That's a, You have to ask a different Santa for that wish. Yeah. Uh, but, but he's doing what he can do, and uh, it is unique. It's the only city or state that's filed this sort of a lawsuit uh, to try to punish and to get compensation from the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys who, who really <laughs> did the most damage on january 6th yes day. indeed yeah and the fact of the matter is is that you can't imprison an organization right and assuming that the proud boys and the oath keepers are in some way a legitimate organization i guess you could ostensibly throw them all in jail but that uh, i don't <laughs> think that's possible you got to look at the model that is uh, being pursued in new york state right. with letitia and, james where and- they're all lawsuits, right? They're lawsuits right. against the Trump organization and so on. And, and it was the same way with the Trump Foundation, Trump University and so on. Because you can't put Trump University in jail. That's just not right. how it works in this physical realm. Maybe in a different parallel dimension, you can throw the Trump organization. You can throw an organization in prison. Well, but in this we, universe, you can't. What we can do with a civil suit is actually better in that we can make the organization go away. Yeah. We can completely bankrupt the organization out of existence. Mm-hmm. So it no longer annoys us uh, and no longer threatens us. Yeah. And, and and that's a very big and important accomplishment. I continue to be fascinated by the fact that DOJ, for all we know, and there may be more than we know, but for all we know, DOJ is starting at the bottom yeah. and working their way up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at what the January 6th committee is doing, and everybody should at this oh, point. Oh, yeah. A, it's, this is now's the time to stock up on popcorn. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you look at what they're doing, they seem to be working from the top down. They're looking at Trump and Meadows and Jim Jordan and others. Uh, My curiosity is, will these two investigations meet in the middle and capture people like Mike Flynn and others? Uh, I'm, I'm eager to see if, in fact, the investigation that starts at the top with the January 6th committee mm-hmm. and the investigation that seemed to start at the bottom from DOJ, will they meet in the middle and get everybody? Uh, I'm, I'm happy that the DOJ is getting the violent people. I'm happy that uh, the January 6th committee is doing a very good job of going after the organizers. Um, you know, I, And I'm just curious, curious as hell, are they going to meet in the middle and complete the complete the puzzle? Yeah, and I, you know, I think the January 6th committee is 
poised to present a whole array of criminal referrals to DOJ. I'm not just talking about the contempt referrals, which we have another one that's proceeding now through Congress. It's at the Rules Committee now. It's going to go to the full floor pretty soon uh, against Mark Meadows. We'll talk about that in just one second. But I'm talking about things that they discover through the broader course of the investigation. And I think that's going to include Donald Trump. Because yeah. now you have um, unquestionably um, now with these Meadows text messages that Liz Cheney read on uh, the committee. On, I mean, it was on television, except for Fox yesterday. News. Yeah, yeah. Right, during the right. during the hearings yesterday. And uh, with these text messages, it puts everything right into the lap of Donald Trump. He had the opportunity to go out and calm everyone down. And didn't until it was basically too oh, late. And then it people, was too little too late. People begged him to. Mark yeah. Meadows begged him to. Uh, uh, his own sons begged him to. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, we could talk about that aspect of it as well. But mm -hmm. uh, lots of people, lots of, these weren't just critics telling Trump to step forward and shut it down. This was family and his closest supporters yeah. telling him this has gone too far. Yep. You've got to get into the Oval Office or address the nation on television and call on these people to stop and go home. And that is something that, as we saw, Trump refused to do as Liz Cheney kept pounding away for 100 and I'm, I'm going to transpose the numbers here, one, 178 minutes or 187 minutes. I think mm -hmm. it's 178 yeah. uh, that, that he refused to even make a half-assed run at shutting yeah. it down. And we all know exactly why. Donald Trump was happy with the insurrection. Oh. He was happy with the violence Overjoyed. going on because he thought, look, well, first of all, he's addicted to chaos. He loves chaos. He, in fact, he creates chaos with everything that he does. That's his ballgame, creating chaos. And then he's able to manipulate and exploit the chaos with his usual cons, his flim-flams. Mm -hmm. And so that's his whole MO. And with this... It was a matter of out of chaos comes possibly a second term for Donald Trump. I think that's what he was thinking. Oh, it's like, let's God. let this play out, see where this goes, because it may benefit me, so I'm not going to try to stop it. And that was his thinking. I'm 1,000% convinced of it. Yeah, the January 6th insurrection was his last chance. Uh, three days prior to that, it had become apparent to him that he was not going to get uh, be able to get uh, the Justice Department mm -hmm. to move in the direction he wanted them to move. When, all of, when practically all of DOJ threatened to quit on January 3rd, Third, Trump realized that pursuing that avenue was a lost cause, and that gave him only one other hope, the violent attack on the Capitol and the hope that certain toadies of his would uh, take the necessary steps to uh, not to to prevent the certification of the election of Joe Biden, uh, allowing him to remain in office. Absolutely his goal. Do you want to hear some of this Liz Cheney tape about some of the text messages? Do you want to hear some of this? I've got yeah, the, yeah, I've just, got the tape. just as a, just as a sample. Again, we have uh, what seven Democrats and two Republicans yeah. on the January sixth commission uh, committee. Yeah, committee, and uh, uh, they all spoke yesterday. One of the things we learned from one of the committee members: the vote was unanimous. By the way, to mm -hmm. Uh, to uh, charge Mark Meadows with uh, contempt of Congress. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, both Republicans and all seven Democrats voted for that. Uh, and uh, one of the Democrats on the committee, I don't remember the woman's name, but uh, she revealed to us in the hearing yesterday that uh, a lot of this took place, a lot of uh, Meadows' communications on January 6th and prior took place on private email. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which, what the hell? 
if those if those emails were not shared with the National Archives as part of the uh, presidential records of Donald Trump, then that is a direct violation of the Presidential Records Act, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a very, very serious crime. Whereas uh, what uh, Hillary Clinton did with her emails may have been bad judgment. It didn't involve overthrowing the government, and it <laughs> no. wasn't a crime. Yeah. Uh, and yet she testified for 11 hours over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that was Benghazi. But you, you get the you get the idea of the kind of grilling that she got as a result of her email indiscretion, whereas Meadows was, uh, by appearances, out and out breaking the law. Oh, you mean Hillary Clinton didn't try to look guilty by stonewalling the committee and then suing the House Republicans over the forced testimony? You mean she didn't try to dodge all of that? Oh, she actually went in and did 11 hours with the committee taking questions about her emails and so on. Wow, confounding, amazing how that works, isn't it? I'm so pleased and proud that you remember that. Yes, that's very important. (laughs) And and I want to say, yeah, I do want to hear the Liz Cheney tape, but uh, one other thing I want to say before we get into that Mm -hmm. is I've been whining, if I've been doing any whining lately, it's about the fact that uh, most Americans don't realize the threat to democracy. The kind of news we got from the January 6th committee yesterday can and will change American minds if we can get the friggin' news media to cover it. And it was a small, I mean, I think some people were missing uh, the story in the New York Times. There was a small piece on the front page of the New York Times about it today. It was, the the real problem is the fact that the Fox News people have no clue that it actually went on. Everyone who was watching Fox News all day yesterday, and probably for the most part today, yeah, viewers, have no idea that all of this went down in the 1-6 committee yesterday. But what we learned from the emails and, and communications that Meadows did turn over, yeah. to the January 6th committee before he stopped cooperating, is that Fox News hosts, uh, especially uh, Laura Ingram and uh, uh, yeah. Sean Hannity and also Brian Kilmeade, right. that night and the next morning were blaming the insurrection on Antifa and BLM, even though earlier that day all three of them were communicating with Meadows saying, uh, this is going to ruin Trump's legacy. You've got to get him to stop this. Just incredible. That shows you the duplicity of the Fox News hosts where they're saying one thing on the air and then another thing entirely in private. And you can say that about just about anything these guys do, whether it's COVID or on down the line. They don't believe half the shit they say on the air. It not only reveals that, it reveals that the Fox News hosts were in on the whole thing all along. That yeah. They knew all along and continued to lie about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just unbelievable. But yes, uh, some of what uh, what Liz Cheney had to say yesterday is absolutely worth repeating. Absolutely. Here we go with uh, Liz Cheney. These text messages leave no doubt. The White House knew exactly what was happening here at the Capitol. Members of Congress. But by the way, that is a direct shot at Donald Trump. Right. Make no mistake, he has not seen the end of this committee. And he, we've got to tell the world this. We've got right. uh, to get Americans to, to hear and understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. And others wrote to Mark Meadows as the attack was underway. Mm-hmm. One text Mr. Meadows received said, quote, we are under siege here at the Capitol. Another Quote, they have breached the Capitol. In a third, Mark, protesters are literally storming the Capitol, breaking windows on doors, rushing in. Is Trump going to say something? Mm -hmm. A fourth, there's an armed standoff at the House chamber door. And another from someone inside the Capitol. We are all 
helpless. Dozens of texts, including from Trump administration officials, urged immediate action by the president. Quote, POTUS has to come out firmly and tell the protesters to dissipate. Someone is going to get killed. In another, Mark, mm -hmm. he needs to stop this now. A third, in all caps, tell them to go home. A fourth, and I quote, POTUS needs to calm this shit down. Indeed, according to the records, multiple Fox News hosts Here we go. knew the president needed to act immediately. They texted Mr. Meadows, and he has turned over those texts. Quote, Mark, the president needs to tell people in the Capitol to go home. This is hurting all of us. He is destroying his legacy, Laura Ingram wrote. Laura Ingram. Please get him on TV, destroying everything you have accomplished, Brian Kilmeade texted. By the way, accomplished, everything mm -hmm. you have accomplished. The biggest thing that Donald Trump was able to accomplish was getting elected in the first place as but, Donald Trump. That's right, the, but what, what, well, but they feel, and yeah. they did allow, uh, Trump's presidency did allow uh, Republicans to pursue a lot of their bullshit agenda. Yeah. So they, they are grateful to him for that. And what mm -hmm. that particular quote shows is that even the people who were most loyal to Trump, who believed in him the most, knew that he had gone too far on that day. And, and yep. leading up to that day. Quote, can he make a statement? Ask people to leave the Capitol, Sean Hannity urged. <laughs> As the violence continued, one of the president's sons texted Mr. Meadows, quote, yeah. he's got to condemn this shit ASAP. The Capitol Police tweet is not enough. Donald Trump Jr. texted. Wow. Okay, let's pause there yeah, and fine. talk about Junior here for a second. <laughs> there was some speculation last night during the handoff from Rachel to Lawrence O'Donnell that because Junior texted Meadows during the insurrection means that Junior might not have texted his dad to say stop. One thing doesn't preclude the other. The fact that he texted Mark Meadows may have been in addition to yes, of texting, course. trying to text his dad and sh shake him out of his uh, psychotic torpor. Believe it or not, what I'm hearing about Donald Trump Jr. is that he developed his own political persona that wasn't necessarily aligned with Donald Trump. It was in many cases, mm -hmm. but uh, he, he sort of became his own man in the world of politics. And uh, I think Trump had stopped listening to the kids. At this point, wow. Trump is only listening to the people who will who will help him uh, overthrow the government, overthrow the election. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, uh, you know, and and. Trump is famous for not texting and not emailing because he never wanted any records of what he had to say. Right. So it's not surprising that Trump wouldn't answer, and it makes it even less surprising that Don Jr. would text Mark Meadows instead, who's right there with the president, <laughs> uh, and and say, "Well, you tell him to stop." Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you're right. He could have. Uh, Don Jr. could have also texted uh, his dad but his dad just doesn't answer texts and of course we know exactly why trump didn't respond to either of these people didn't take the action that he needed to take in response mm -hmm.
response to the violence that was uh, taking place just down the street. Dean Obadala, our friend Dean Obadala, uh, mm-hmm. wrote this this morning, and it was almost exactly what I was screaming at my television last night. He sure. said, as you read about Donald Trump Jr. texting Mark Meadows, urging him to get his father to stop the Jan 6 attack, you have to understand that means Jr. had already texted his father numerous times before. But his father refused to stop the attack. And this is the most important part of Dean's tweet. We need that text exchange. I want to know what Don Jr. was saying to his dad. And if there was any response back, uh, there's good indication leading us to believe that there was probably no response, as you were saying, Buzz. But if there was a response, we needed to know that. We need to know what Don Jr. was saying to his dad. If there were phone calls from Jr. to his dad or from Eric to his dad or from Ivanka Mm. to his dad or Jared Kushner to his dad-in-law. These are things we need to find out, and I assume the one six committee is ascertaining that information. And oh yeah, yeah. We we need to leave no stone unturned, but there is a lot of speculating going on, even by Dean, even by myself, even by you. We're yeah, all speculating. Yeah. Well, why did it go down that way? Why did Don Jr. Uh, text uh, Mark Meadows and and yeah. not his dad, or maybe he did both? And you're right. We need all the evidence to that. But right now, we're all just guessing at what happened. Uh, having the evidence that you're talking about here will answer those questions and tell us which speculations were right and which ones were wrong. So I, I would caution everybody listening to us right now uh, with a, a jaundiced eye a look at uh, these speculations as to why Don Jr. texted Mark Meadows. And really, uh, at the end of the day, uh, that detail won't be as important as the evidence that's being uncovered successfully by the January 6th committee. You know, the thing with uh, Donald Trump is I think we're eventually going to find out, maybe through this committee, maybe through one of the other investigations, that at some point Donald Trump said something to someone around him, like, let them continue doing it, or let's wait another 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Something along those lines. Maybe not like, oh, this is great. Let them entirely seize the House chamber. Let them seize the Senate chamber. Let them get Mike Pence. We're not going to hear that because Donald Trump deals in coded language. What we're right. probably going to hear is something along the lines of, well, let's just cool our jets and see what happens. You know, mm-hmm. let's see what happens. In fact, that you know what? Trump loves that phrase. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Well, He'd always yeah, say that, right? Again, we're speculating, and we need the evidence, and we need uh, we need the testimony. Uh, Rolling Stone's reporting that at least two people involved in organizing January 6th uh, are testifying freely and mm-hmm. fully with the uh, January 6th committee. Uh, that's very encouraging. We know that they have a tremendous amount of documents, and Mark Meadows is a complete idiot. Yeah. He should have either refused to cooperate from the very beginning or or, refu- or, or agreed to cooperate uh, from the very beginning. Uh, he's been back and forth, back and forth, and now he's turned over 9,000 documents to the, <laughs> to, the, to the January 6th committee and published a book, but uh, says after uh, publishing stories about his conversations with Donald Trump uh, and uh, sharing with the committee his conversations with Donald Trump, he now says he can't share his conversations with Donald Trump because executive privilege. Uh, <laughs> and so that's, that's not going to wash. Still, uh, it baffles me how many of these guys are willing to go to prison to defend Donald Trump. This is that bullshit, uh, we're a bunch of white Anglo-Saxons who just love the mafia. We just love watching The Sopranos and watching Goodfellas and The Godfather and adapting all of this bullshit omerta stuff. You know, that they do this. This is why 
all of these guys are willing to go to jail for Donald Trump yeah. because of this bullshit mafia omerta. We're you know they, we're going to keep our friends close, but our enemies closer, and we're not going to blab on our family. You know, it's all that nonsense, right? And that's how they've played it up to this point. But now that they see that there's a very real possibility that they will go to prison, yeah, I think we're going to hear a different tone. Mm -hmm. It was one thing when you know it, last week uh, these folks didn't think uh, didn't think they were going to be caught. This yeah, week, yeah. it's become pretty apparent that they will be caught and they will be held to account for what they've done. So they may have a little different attitude this week. I really feel that yesterday's uh, hearing, uh, the televised hearing on uh, on Mark Meadows and uh, the progress of the January 6th investigation and the fact that I love the fact that the, the committee has taken uh, the stand that, it, OK, if you're not going to come testify for us, we're going to go on television and list all the questions we would have asked you that you have refused to answer. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is this. This is a great tactic, in my opinion, but I think it's become obvious to uh, the criminals here that uh, they're not going to get away with it. They thought they were. Yeah. They had the bravado that said they were not going to get caught. I think that bravado was shaken. I think yesterday's hearing was the dam breaking. I think everything's going to change from this point forward. I, I hate myself for saying uh, on your show uh, in previous years, uh, you know, the walls are closing in on Donald Trump. Uh, they never seemed to, really. It, it looked yeah. like they, they would, but nothing ever came of it. Mm -hmm. Now something's coming of it, and that's a whole different deal. And I think you'll see the defendants and suspects take a, a different posture going forward. That's <laughs> You're so right, and that's going to be amazing. You know what else is going to be amazing? Is, and Eric Bollert's been tweeting about this today. Next year, they're going to start the public hearings. And I think these public hearings, I 1,000% I agree with Eric Bullard. These public hearings are going to uh, blow the lid off of this whole thing. I think so. Because think so. so far, it's been kind of hovering under the radar a little bit. Obviously, those of us who follow politics 24-7 and have our faces pressed up against our computer screen and our phones digesting this stuff, we're all aware of what's happening. Right. I think the general public isn't, completely clear on what's going on with the one six exactly. committee or, or like, have in some cases have any idea at all you're absolutely yeah, yeah. right about that which is so uh god so impressive so wise such smart strategy to mm -hmm. delay the public hearings until 22 when you've got a midterm election just around the corner well, i mean that's yes, the other beautiful yeah. aspect about this because all of this dirty laundry from one six is going to get aired on television day after day and it's going to be during a lead up to the midterms on top of all the other shitstorm that's going to be churned up because of that. Then you're going to have this uh, one six committee on top of everything else. And we're going to hear about things that we haven't heard about yet. Right, even those of us right. who follow it every day. Right. So, yeah, so I can't wait. That's going to yeah, be. And, uh, I, and I think more in the Trump circle will turn on I, Trump. I uh, Some already have. And I think uh, after yesterday's hearing, you're going to see more of that. Yeah. Because it's getting real for them. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think Eric's absolutely right. Uh, these hearings need to be on television in prime time every night uh, until America finally gets the message, because they're not going to get it from the news media otherwise. That's right. Until the, until the American public gets the message of uh, what Donald Trump uh, was really all about. Okay, so let's uh, let's see what we're going to do here. All right, I want to talk about Mark Meadows, another Mark Meadows email having okay. to do with the National Guard. We're going to talk about that oh, in just a yes. few minutes, plus a few uh, bits and pieces about the uh, devastating tornadoes in uh, Kentucky 
And uh, one of those things, man, having uh, having seen my house burn down twice, well, the first time I didn't see it because I was only a year old. I don't remember it. But uh, having been through that devastation, seeing all of your stuff splayed out in a big disaster area uh, right in front of you is, is emotionally devastating. And I can't even imagine some of these people who have gone through uh, this exact thing due to these tornadoes in Kentucky. Such a sad, sad, uh, terrible, terrible story. It. Yeah, It's yeah. hard to think about and hard to have, wrap your head around. But first, today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If there's something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, don't worry about it. I've got a solution for you. It's BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely on the internet. Telehealth, as they're sometimes calling it. BetterHelp is going to match you with your own licensed professional therapist in just 48 hours, maybe less. You can log into your account anytime you want, send a message to your therapist, and get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, matching you with a great therapist so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed it's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today visit betterhelp.com slash seska don't just go to betterhelp.com go to betterhelp.com slash seska that's better com slash c-e-s-c-a and join the over 2 million people who've taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. Here's your special offer for Bob Seska Show listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com Seska. That's BetterHelp.com Seska. Okay, up next, if you're just listening to the free portion of the Bob Seska Show on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, you're only hearing the first hour of the show. In fact, what you're doing is you're only hearing Act 1 and Act 2. You're missing Act 3. There's an additional 20 minutes of show. Act 3. That's, yeah. that's where the story climaxes, you know. <laughs> that's exactly right. Everything goes from disaster to a denouement of excitement and thrills. <laughs> and it's only happening on our Patreon page. Of course, I'm talking about the Shadow Docket podcast at patreon.com slash Show. It's completely unfiltered, commercial-free. It's a continuation of all the fun and news and it's only going to cost you pennies per episode. The Shadow Dockets drop every Tuesday and Thursday after the free shows. It's only going to cost you $5 per month. And you know what? You can't really stuff it in a stocking because it's not made of anything. You have to go and listen to it and subscribe to it. But if you want to gift someone uh, the Shadow Docket shows, it's only $5 per month. Uh, makes a great gift. And you're going to be supporting this fully independent podcast. Don't miss out. Again, that's bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow. I heard Santa. Hey, there's Santa Claus in the background. Santa. Oh, there he is. Oh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> hey, how many subscriptions to the Shadow Dog do you have in your bag, in your sack? Oh, Santa doesn't give away his secrets, you know. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Santa doesn't talk about his sack. <laughs> all right, again, also, that's com. Bookmark it, send it to all your friends, and we thank you in advance. The Bob Seska Show. We couldn't have picked a better time. No! 
yeah, brand new uh, Gypsy Moths really Christmas song right here. Straight out of Boston. Gypsy Moths, link in the description to support the Gypsy Moths and download this song. Maybe This Christmas is the name of the track. As I said before, uh, our Christmas, our Indie Christmas playlist drops on our Patreon page at the end of the week. Um, what else was going to say? Oh yeah, you know what? Speaking of Boston, also from Boston, our guest on tomorrow's podcast, the great Charlie Pierce is going to be joining ah, us to be excellent. our last uh, interview guest on the show of 2021, Santa Buddha. <laughs> I think that's what they're calling him on uh, the Stephanie Miller show. They're calling him Santa Buddha. I think he has a Santa Buddha. I think that's what it is. A, a Buddha <laughs> that's also a Santa Claus, which kind of looks like Charlie Pierce. I don't know if they've talked about that, but the Santa Buddha statue that Charlie has looks just like Charlie. Maybe the three of them are related. I, I, I'm glad you liked that song that you played uh, there uh, yeah. because that was actually me on Bells. So. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Accompaniment, bells, Buzz Burbank. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. what I do. Yeah. Are you getting royalties? I hope so. Yeah, no. Talk to ASCAP. Right. Um, all right. So let's see here. Mark Meadows uh, turned over an email to the 1-6 committee that indicated Idiot. deployment of the National Guard not to protect or reinforce the Capitol Police, not to uh-huh. provide security to make sure that... The Trump supporters wouldn't, you know, invade and occupy Congress, try to overthrow the Article One powers in this country. No, uh, Mark Meadows uh, was thinking about National Guard support to protect the Trump supporters. Right. God damn it. God damn it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He wanted them to protect, to protect the violent insurrectionists yeah. against the Metropolitan Police and the Capitol Police. You know what's so incredibly frustrating about all of this is, um, once again, and we've talked about this on numerous occasions over this past year, certainly right after it happened, but when that occurred on January 6th, I thought, you know what, and this is me being a dumb guy. This is me being Charlie Brown with the football. I thought for sure that a lot of Republicans, I mean, a lot more Republicans than just Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger would go, okay, fuck it with these Donald Trump people. And this was going to be a heads will roll moment where both sides, and obviously you'd have some holdouts, some real diehard Trump people who would never join up, never see the light of day on this. But I thought for sure this was going to be one of those unified things like, okay, well, this this is a a big uh, fucking disaster for this country. They did, as I said before, they did literally try to invade and occupy Congress. And in fact, they were able to do it for a few minutes. And We now know it was a two-part plan. One was the, the violent insurrection itself, but yep. uh, that was to be conducted in concert with uh, help that they didn't get from Vice President Mike Pence yeah. and from state officials and from Congress uh, to keep uh, Joe Biden from being certified president so mm-hmm. Donald Trump could stay. Uh, it was really a two-pronged plan, and the fact that it was a plan has been revealed. Uh, one GOP lawmaker t- texting Meadows to say, uh, I, you know, we, we, we're we going to do the thing with the six states, and uh, it, it, yesterday went poorly, and I'm sorry it didn't work out. I'm, the phrase, I'm sorry, it didn't work out is an admission that there was a plan. Yeah. That there was a plot. <laughs> right. And uh, by by committing to, 
to paper, or in this case, electronics, that uh, you the, that the plan failed. You're admitting there was a plan, mm-hmm. and so uh, that that certainly uh, reveals the conspiracy that was at play there. Well, and it's also obvious. It's also clear. Right. We have confessions. We have public confessions. We have confessions in private that are turning up in some of these emails and text messages where there was a plan. There were PowerPoint documents for God's sake outlining right. the whole goddamn thing, and whether or not. Mark Meadows created that document is completely irrelevant. The fact that they had it in their possession and that that was part of the strategy. We have quotes, we have exchanges reported by Bob Woodward and Robert Costa about what was going on between Trump and Pence and the communications they were having back and forth. The lobbying Trump was doing to Mike Pence in order to get Mike Pence to just throw out all of the electoral votes they just didn't want with no legal basis whatsoever. And knowing all of this, there are still people like, oh, it's a nothing burger. It's a big nothing burger. Like Greg Gutfeld. Oh, it's a big nothing burger. And it's not It's not a nothing. This is one of the most terrible days in American history, and we need to continuously remind the American people that that is the case because this can so easily be flushed down the memory hole. I mean, they're desperately trying to do it over at Fox News. And you know what the weird thing about, speaking of Fox News, is OAN was talking about it this morning. OAN. People who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. OAN could itself be liable for a certain amount of this as well. But that's exactly what they're doing, uh, trying to disparage their competition, as Donald Trump had done, uh, favoring OAN over Fox News. Uh, And uh, OAN is is trying to take that ball and run with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly they're slow walking it. They're not really putting their full effort behind it. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. They're not in the best of shape. Yeah. Yeah, they're moseying with it, I guess you could say. Uh, maybe that. But uh, maybe even to the point of saying, hey, look, Laura Ingram, Sean Hannity, they all believed it was really happening. We don't believe it was really happening. We believe it was Antifa or BLM or something like that disguised as Trump supporters. Or what is the, what are the other special forces? That's one of the conspiracy theories. The FBI infiltrating and mm-hmm. stirring up the insurrection. That's one of the theories, too. So maybe OAN was attacking from an even more... Extreme point of view. You know, we shouldn't even call them theories. I mean, that, yeah. that, that we should just call them what they are, which is lies. Lies. Uh, because yeah. we know those things weren't true. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yes. You caught me mid slurp. I, I know. I do that. I like to do that. Sometimes I talk for a long time. You think you could take a nap, and then other times just like three words, and it's back in your court, Bob. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Well, Trump ordered law enforcement to bust some heads during the BLM protest yeah, in Washington, D.C. over the summer. This is right before his uh, photo op with the Bible. So gratuitous. I swear to God, so many millions of us in this country, Buzz, have a broken bullshit detector. I mean, that's the only way I can explain any of this, where... They can look at a picture of Donald Trump very obviously pandering with a Bible in front of a church after, you know, pepper spraying and rubber bulleting uh, uh, peaceful protesters in Lafayette Square. On top of that, now we learn that he ordered his staff to bust some heads at the mm-hmm. BLM protest. Hey, but but he's totally not a racist. Busting heads of, you know, people who are protesting in support of civil rights. How shocking. Well, <laughs> How busting shocking coming heads. from Trump. Busting heads is a fun idea he's floated during many of his rallies and many yeah, other occasions. Yeah. Uh, that is his nature. That's a that's a mob kingpin for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
All right. Well, hang on a second. Now I'm seeing in this story, I'm seeing a correction now suddenly. Previous version of this story, based on reporting from the Independent, inaccurately stated that Donald Trump's call to bust some heads and make some arrests referred to protests in Lafayette Square in June of 2020. A review of Mark Meadows' book revealed Trump's comment referred to different protests on June 22nd. Okay, so he still said okay. it. It wasn't the Lafayette Square, uh, it was Lafayette Parkway. BLM uh, protests then, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. It was June 22nd. 22nd, and there was, uh, I guess, a separate protest to tear down a statue of uh, Andrew Jackson. I guess right. that was the thing. All right. So just a little change in details there uh, in this story, but still the same thing stands. Well, it, I mean, it, it, yeah. it, it absolutely goes to his character. We've heard him say that sort of thing before. Uh, but that's his preference at his rallies. That's his preference in reference to uh, unrelated uh, demonstrations such as BLM. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that would, of course, uh, we know in our hearts that that, that would have been his attitude uh, on January 6th uh, mm -hmm. as far as uh, handling anybody who would stand in the insurrectionist way. One thing that uh, I wanted to mention here is actually something that I've been repeating for a few years now which is that we need to start borrowing the Republican trap law strategy. You know the trap mm -hmm. law strategy? Yeah. There, it's, it's a targeted uh, restriction of abortion providers. I think that's the acronym TRAP. Uh, I may have gotten one word in there incorrect, but suffice to say, there are a series of laws that we've all seen them. They make it more difficult for women to have abortions without actually banning abortion. Like, let's move. We'll pass a law in which you have to have your abortion clinic within a certain number of miles of a hospital, or you can only have one abortion clinic per state, or the uh, transvaginal ultrasound laws. These are all trap laws to intimidate women, to prevent women from having abortions without outright banning it. Now, Gavin Newsom has stepped ahead and said, yeah. hey, look, you know what? If they're going to pass SB8 in Texas, we're going to use SB8 as a template to pass laws for gun control, gun regulations. This is a big fucking deal. I, I've been right, calling for sure th this exact thing for some time now, and I'm so glad this is happening. Uh, the governor of California wrote, if states can now shield their laws from review by the federal courts that compare assault weapons to Swiss army knives then California will use that authority pr to protect people's lives where mm -hmm. Texas used it to put women in harm's way. Mm -hmm. So this is fucking perfect. This is, and while it may not actually work out exactly the way Newsom is, is thinking, it's a step in the right direction. Well, I saw it as this. I mean, I, I don't think any state should be doing this. I don't think California should be doing it with guns. I, I agree that we need to do something about guns and something drastic and, and, and I do like the spirit of this. I, I think, it, you know, it, it did make me very happy to see Newsom doing this. But really, when you get down to it, you don't want this. And you don't want Texas to do it with abortion either. You don't want any state to defy the federal government on common sense things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so uh, what Newsom is doing here, I think, aside from trolling the red hats, mm -hmm. I think what Newsom, Newsom is doing here is sending a direct message to the United States Supreme Court. Yeah, uh, th this is Newsom telling the court 
don't make me do this uh-huh. because if you if you approve what they're doing in Texas, then you have to approve what I'm threatening to do here. Yeah. And and what Newsom is saying to the court is you don't want this. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not what you want. So reconsider what you're doing in Texas. And and either way, it's all good. I am so glad. Uh, a lot of people have said that Newsom now has an I don't give a fuck attitude uh, now that the, he you know uh, survived that recall and and endured that recall effort. Uh, he he just doesn't care anymore. More. And and I like that. I like the fact that he's taking the reins off. I like the fact that he's doing and saying these things. Uh, in the end, none of us really, in your heart of hearts, if you get down to it, you study the Constitution, you don't want this. You, this is not something you want yeah. either for guns yeah. or for abortion. But that's what Newsom is doing is is telling, threatening the Supreme Court, if you let this uh, Texas thing stand, then uh, my state's going to do this and another state's going to do that. And the next thing you know, it's chaos. You know, I do believe that something like this could work. It depends on the kind of laws passed. Obviously, some of the ones I've been talking about on the show have been more frivolous than actionable. Uh, For example, the make every firearm pink uh, proposal that I had, you know, right. to, to take that incentive out of people's head, out of the uh, gun fetishist's hands, where it's like, yeah, I love this gun because it makes me look like I'm in a war movie or in a Star Wars movie or something like that, because it's, you know, they specifically designed some of these military style firearms to look like you're in the military if you're carrying one. Right. And so if you strip away the visual and heft appeal of the firearms, mm-hmm then it makes them less desirable to hang on your wall and to stockpile them because then they you know they well, don't look you know, as masculine and, you know because and paint paint yeah. can be removed and i don't know if it's possible to cast pink Steel? Oh, uh, in my in my yeah. law, you, you would not be able to change the color. You would have to keep the color the same. And if you're caught with uh, a, you know a modified colored firearm, you would uh, have to pay a fine or something like that. But I mean, this is all it's all bullshit. I mean, obviously, it's, it's well, the spirit uh, it, of what I'm talking about more right. of the actionable uh, right. aspect of it. But the one thing that I do think could work is states like California. You could pass a law that taxes profits on firearm sales mm-hmm. oh, yeah. at, at yeah. 100%, now we're where, you, where you can strip away the profitability of firearm sales. They're still accessible. You can still go to a store and with the proper background check, et cetera, you can still buy one, but the store selling it and the gun manufacturers themselves can't make a profit on those sales. Here's the idea that always tickles me. Uh, whether or not you agree that the Second Amendment allows Americans to own AR-15s, uh, regardless of that, uh, you know, and I like your idea of uh, emasculating guns by, yeah. by making them pink. <laughs> yeah. But the, even though the, if you buy the concept that the Constitution allows guns, it doesn't say anything about bullets. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and we we can certainly talk about uh, banning uh, certain kinds of bullets, uh, taxing them heavily, uh, forcing their prices up. Uh, maybe people be a little more conservative with their bullets mm-hmm. uh, going yeah. forward. I, I, you know, there, there are a lot of good approaches to this that don't involve pink paint. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, sure, sure. But I think uh, the idea here is to pass laws that don't necessarily restrict access to firearms, where you can uh-huh. still buy the firearms. So the Second Amendment remains not even part of the discussion it's not you can't even make a case to say well that's preventing so-and-so from buying a gun to protect his family you can't make that case politically or in any other way so what it does though is it 
disincentivizes uh, the manufacturer of firearms by stripping right. out the profit motive because right. that's one of what the most uh, d- despicable aspects of the proliferation of firearms in this country is that they're making billions on these things, especially what, AR-15s. What, what I like about your pink idea uh, <laughs> is that... Your pink it, idea. It, yeah, is is that it, it does em, emasculate guns. That uh, the idea, I, I think... Every bit as effective as effective laws. Yeah, uh, we need to make it uncool. Right, right. We need we need to make it unpopular mm-hmm. to be a gun nut. We yep. we need to uh, uh, ostracize those folks. Yep. I think as much yep. as possible. Uh, you know, it, this this posing with your AR-15 to show how tough and ready you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that. Let's take that away from them. Yeah. Let's let's take that power away from them. By making that a very uncool thing, and and you know we're we're trying, but but I think it's social change as much as legislative change that will be the effective tools uh, in controlling uh, firearms and gun safety. Exactly right, and you know there's also a model to be had with the attack on big tobacco. I think there were decisions made, laws passed that didn't necessarily ban the sale of tobacco, right. just made it really fucking difficult to or expensive in some cases to get your hands on tobacco. Certainly they can't advertise to children. They can't put cartoon camel Joe Camel on these things anymore. Australia. Yeah. Australia is doing a brilliant thing. I think it's Australia. This this week announced that uh, they're going to gradually raise the age for buying tobacco. Yeah. So uh, what they'll do is phase out and, and, and prevent any new generations of smokers mm-hmm. by continually raising and raising. Yep, sorry, sir. You've got to be 65 to buy this pack of cigarettes. Uh, <laughs> when, when we get to that point, then we will have licked the problem. I think that's a, a genius approach. And I don't know, maybe there's some way that could be adapted to guns. Yeah, I mean, again, it's just a matter of uh, thinking outside the box and, and figuring right. out ways around the counter-arguments. Every time we bring and, up gun control, they've got a whole list of counter-arguments that you have to kind of slalom your way through, and this blasts right through all of them. I mean, remember with guns, one of the things they're doing with firearms is they're marketing firearms to children. Think about the tobacco yeah. model in all of this. Right. There was a, a, a commercial that I played on this show God, must have been back in 2015, maybe earlier than that, maybe 2013, where they were trying to sell a gun called the Cricket to children. Here's the actual, oh, here's the here's the TV commercial that they were running. Hey, where are you going? Shoot my new Cricket rifle. I wish I had one. My first rifle. This is, by the way, <laughs> I'm going to start this again, but I need to emphasize this is 100% real. This is not a bit that I put together or Rocky Mountain This is not a fake or, commercial or a parody or anything. Right. This is an actual commercial actual, that aired. Actual commercial, okay. actual right. product. Hey, where are you going? Shoot my new cricket rifle. I wish I had one. My first rifle. A moment you'd never forget. The cricket is the perfect way to get young or small frame shooters started right. With a safety promoting design. It's soft shooting, affordable, and accurate. Girls and even mom will love the way they can pick one to their own taste. Start your own tradition. Cricket. Find yours online or ask for a Cricket rifle at your local dealer. Yeah. 100% real. Here's a moment you won't forget. Your little brother's funeral. (laughs) Ouch, but true, right? (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, I'm not laughing. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, I mean, so many children, and every day, uh, it doesn't get covered because it isn't news anymore. We need courts uh, to also start looking at 
the phrase in the Second Amendment uh, regarding a well-organized militia mm-hmm. because uh, your Second Amendment types have gone out of their way to forget that part of yeah. that yeah. sacred constitutional amendment. Mm-hmm. Everyone has to read Federalist Paper number, I want to say number 29. It was written anonymously 29, by Alexander yeah. Hamilton, outlines exactly what the Second Amendment all, is all about. It's all right there. Has to do with militias, uh, has to do with federal state, federalism, and so on. Has nothing to do with overthrowing the government. I saw people in my uh, mentions the other day on Twitter trying to tell me once again that this is about, oh no, firearms are about protecting yourself from the government. Uh Uh-uh. No, 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 no. My only response to that was, show me in the Second Amendment or show me a federal paper that indicates exactly what you're saying and you're not going to find one. Good luck. And but- show me an AR-15 that can take on uh, the uh, tanks, guns, and planes of the United States Army. That's right. And, you know, if you go back and listen to that cricket commercial again, mm-hmm. replace cricket and rifle with unfiltered cigarettes, <laughs> with yeah. Lucky Strikes. Or, or AR-15. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're selling Lucky Strikes for smaller hands. And children, it's a, we've got a filter well, in there that's going to protect your kid from the. They, oh fuck that! Yeah, you know? they used to they used to sell candy cigarettes and candy cigars. Maybe they could sell candy guns. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly Eat right. Eat your gun. No, that's not. That's your. That's a bad slogan, isn't it? <laughs> Eat your gun. Eat your gun. No, yeah. no, not barrel first. Certainly not. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, one last break. Back with more show right after. Taking an ugly turn. <laughs> right after this. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska, we're hoping that your holiday is an extra special jolly day. (laughs) Sing this song all night long. Merry, 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 merry Christmas. Ring the bells all night long Jingle-ling-a-ling-a-lingle Jingle bells Santa's little helpers are Happy to work on Christmas Eve Making lots and lots of toys For kids like you and me Sing this song all night long Merry, 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 merry Christmas Ring the bells all night long. Jingle, ling a ling a Yeah, the great Marina Rocks, guitar goddess. Marina Rocks and her uh, Christmas track here, just released yeah. this year. This is called Merry Merry Christmas, if you hadn't figured that out already. I play bells on this, too. <laughs> Nicely done. 
Link in the description to support Marina Rocks at uh, bobseska.com. Just look for this episode. Click the link for this episode. Scroll on down and you'll find all the links to our uh, favorite indie bands here. And all kinds of other good stuff, including our uh, fine, fine sponsors. By the way, speaking of which, BubbleGenius.com yeah. is back, baby. They're they back. are They're they are guys. back in full force. Yeah, really yeah. Uh, happy to see that. Congratulations. Happy to see Bubble Genius back in action. The best soap in the world. So uh, go there. Makes a great gift, by the way. They've got soaps in all kinds of shapes and sizes. I'm not sure if they still have my favorite hibiscus soap, but if they do, oh, yeah. Treat yourself to that hibiscus soap. Feels good as you... <laughs> You rub it into your hands. I, I just, I love that shit. Well, that, if they if they don't have it anymore, they'll bring it back just because they know it's your favorite. <laughs> yeah, I hope they do. But, but I did notice that this past week. They are back, and I'm very pleased and excited. I was concerned, but I'm <clears throat> I'm glad they're back. They're, they're amazing, an amazing organization. I hadn't intended to talk about this on the show today. I guess I, I just didn't uh, get it onto the list here. But uh, I'm just reminded uh, now during the break uh, from our friend Mary Trump, uh-huh. about that video that was going around on Twitter over the weekend um, called Dive for Cash. Oh, yeah. And we it was talk about that. Yeah, where 10 teachers uh, at this ice skating rink in South Dakota had to get on their knees to fight for $5,000 uh, in cash for school supplies. Hunger Games. This was yeah, on an ice. Yeah. This was on an ice arena. You know, I think yeah. they put a surface over the ice, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, teachers on their hands and knees, scrambling for one dollar bills. Yes, Bezos is paying no taxes and shooting his penis rocket into space. And these women, <laughs> these true public servants, yeah. these true good citizens, are on their hands and knees, scrambling for one dollar bills like strippers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, while a crowd cheers them on, it, it, this is what where we've fallen. And one of the teachers, the teacher who got the most money, she got five hundred twenty nine dollars. And why were they scrambling for this money to buy classroom supplies? Yeah, classroom supplies we should have bought for them. They shouldn't have to do this. But the teacher who won got five hundred twenty nine dollars because she picked up the most one dollar bills, and she was so happy and so grateful <sighs> that people would support education in this way. When, in fact, the truth is we're not supporting education, and that is why we're in this mess. That's why mm-hmm. we had Donald Trump in January 6th. Yeah, my first thought when I saw that video, Buzz, was wacky DJ stunt. I thought for sure, oh, this is going to involve games. donkey basketball or something like that. I thought they were going to do that next. but No, it's a scramble for survival yeah. of some of our finest public servants. Right, right. So utterly humiliating. I'm talking about civilization in decline humiliating. Just to watch it. Uh, not even... To participate, just simply watching this Absolutely. scramble for pittance. I mean, this is like, it's just, it's so utterly condescending and humiliating. I want to know who came up with this ridiculous idea. Um, I think it's maybe CU Mortgage Direct, which sponsored the event, according to Mary Trump. Uh, a spokesperson from CU Mortgage Direct told the Argus leader, "This Mary Trump's got a substack, by the way, marytrump.substack.com, right. yeah, and that's what I'm I reading subscribe. from here. Quote, we thought it was an awesome group thing to do for the teachers. The teachers in this area, and any teacher, they deserve whatever the heck they get. No, what he's saying is they wow. deserve whatever they can scramble on their hands and knees for. <laughs> yeah. My God, it is the fall of civilization. It is. <sighs> 
you, we need to see that. All of us need to understand what this is and what it means. This is what we've fallen to. It's yeah. heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. South Dakota teachers, according to Mary, are among the lowest paid in the country. According to a recent report by the National Education Association, South Dakota teachers in the 2019-2020 fiscal year earn an average annual salary of about $49,000 oh behind only Mississippi. And guess what? Mississippi is number 48 in education. I just happen to know that statistic off been, the top of my head because I'm Clavin. They've been 50th at various points. They're usually 48, 49, 50, but that's where they've stayed for yeah. decades and decades and decades. Same for West Virginia, by the way, uh, uh, where uh, the average income is like $38,000. Yeah, yeah. And so the other thing here that Mary points out is they were wearing helmets while oh, they sure. were diving for cash. God damn it. I, and she says here, why? what are the helmets for anyway? And she said, my guess is the sponsor of this dive for cash was hoping not just for a spectacle, but a violent spectacle in which uh -huh. the 10 teachers on their knees in the middle of an ice skating arena would fight to the death for a few bucks. And that makes complete sense. Next next up and next week, uh, mud wrestling for textbooks. So be sure and tune in. Yeah, shit. Well, these are maybe the teachers should. Uh, these are tools the teachers should have at their dispatch when they show up at the classroom. These are not things they. Uh, yeah, teachers, yeah. Uh, many people know this, have been spending their own money from those many cases poor salaries. Most mm -hmm. cases poor salaries. Yeah, been spending their own money uh, to try to educate uh, young people, and uh, it's just it's saddening. I, it makes me want to cry. It's really really sad. It is one of the worst things I've ever seen, and it, while no one got hurt, it is mortifying to see this. That this is what we do. These are our educators. We're what is it? Uh, is today or yesterday the anniversary of Sandy Hook, where six teachers were murdered in cold blood? And what were they trying to do? They were sh using their bodies as shields to protect their children from a guy wielding an AR-15. Right. the One of the most beloved firearms in the United States. You want to talk about a country that is upside fucking down right now? And so, dive for cash seems just in keeping with all of that. Um, okay, so, uh, if you want to add insult to injury, after the Kentucky tornadoes devastated, oh my, the devastation... I haven't seen anything like that since, quite frankly, the Santa Rosa fires, where it just right. leveled entire... Mile after mile after mile of destruction. Yeah, yeah. And just such an utter tragedy to see this happening. And Alex Jones is already on it, talking about how it was... No, it wasn't the weather. It was weather weapons. It was, mm -hmm. it was Joe Biden. That's Don't right. forget... Alex Jones still has a massive audience of loyalists who believe this shit. And now Alex Jones is saying it was Joe Biden with weather weapons. Remember there was a, a super tornado that hit, I want to say, an Oklahoma town. I may be getting that wrong, but we talked about it at the time where Alex Jones was asking a caller, did you see any helicopters or tiny airplanes flying around uh, doing things with the clouds? Yeah, well, this is what he's talking about again. He's going to this well again. He said on his show the other day, okay, so so the question is, did Joe Biden last February this year order the power turned off in Texas? They wouldn't yeah. let them up the power. Now, we know that. 
So the question is, did they use weather weapons to cause the tornadoes? That's a legitimate question to ask. And of course, he's well, not asking. He's saying that's, that's the right. point it's, of this. It's, and that's Donald Trump's method as yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, yes, it, Joe Biden decided that the country's biggest problem right now is Kentucky. And so he launched a weather attack on Kentucky because that is uh, that state is the biggest threat to America at the moment. Uh, you know, Alex Jones, I don't know how much longer he's going to get to flap his gums because uh, the amount of money he has to pay the Sandy Hook families yeah. for saying that they were uh, crisis actors, uh, I, I think he's going to be broke. I, I think he'll be out of business soon. Uh, the sooner the better because you're right. In the meantime, he continues to spread these ridiculous, insane lies. Well, watch for the news. Eventually... I think when it comes down to writing a check, I think what uh, Alex Jones will end up doing is writing a check to his lawyer to help him file Chapter 7 or Chapter 13 to get out of the payment of these lawsuits. I'm pretty sure you can get out of a lawsuit like this by filing bankruptcy. I'm not 100% on that, but that's probably well, we'll, we'll in uh, Alex that. Jones's future. Yeah, absolutely. Indeed. indeed. I have a long uh, email address here. Maybe you wouldn't mind putting it in the description for today's show, Bob. Sure. Uh, uh, if you want to help uh, the folks in Kentucky, and Lord knows they need it. They need everything. They need food primarily and clothing. And there's so many things. Uh, get in touch. Uh, go go to this web address, if you would. It's kind of long, so bear with me. It, it starts team, T-E-A-M. Mm -hmm. And then it, team is followed by W-K-Y. That stands for Western Kentucky. So team, W-K-Y, relief fund, dot K-Y, dot gov. It's a mouthful, and it's a lot of characters for your, your poor fingers to type out. But right. it's t team, WKY Relief Fund, dot KY, dot com. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I, dot excuse gov. me. Dot KY, dot gov. Okay, perfect. We'll, so. fix, that, we'll fix that in post. <laughs> T-E-A-M. W K Y R E L I E F F U N D dot K Y dot gov. Yes, definitely link in the description uh, below this episode at bobsuska.com. So uh, please avail yourselves of that. Uh, Supreme Court has upheld the New York vaccine mandate. And so this is uh, great news for other states wanting to move forward with vaccine mandates along these Amen. lines. Uh, the thing that baffled me, of course, I, you know, look, I always try. The ruling? <laughs> yeah, right. I always find the shitty thing, even in good news. And uh, <laughs> well, it's your job, Bob. <laughs> I noticed Neil Gorsuch pulling the old religious exemption bullshit. And he was saying, well, if you, if you get a medical exemption, you should also be able to get a religious exemption, too, right? Well, here's the difference. With a medical exemption, there are medical facts that you need science. to present. Science that science. you need to present in order to get the medical exemption. With right. religion, it's such a massive, massive gray area. I mean, what the hell do you find? How do you justify a religious exemption to anything? And how do you keep people from abusing that by just cherry picking the Bible for passages that you could justify just about anything, including abortion? Because there is abortion in the Bible. In fact, they tell you how to do an abortion in the Bible. So what the fuck is even a religious example? I don't get it. I don't understand what the parameters are of this. I mean, the, at I some point, I the court had to have outlined what it means to be religiously exempt what qualifies as that what are the parameters what are the guardrails of that 
I think this all may be rooted uh, from decades and decades ago of Christian scientists, uh, mm -hmm. that, members of that religious group, uh, refusing medical help. I see. Uh, and and uh, people said, well, you know, there aren't that many of them. Let's just let them say no. If they want to. <laughs> uh, and let it slide. And now and now everybody's climbing on that bandwagon saying, yeah. well, my religion says I don't have to put a vaccine in my body or some crap. And, mm -hmm. and in fact, their religions say no such thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's all very vague. That's the other thing uh, the Red Hats like about it is it's vague. Yeah. You know, it's hard to disprove someone's religion. Mm -hmm. uh, and and uh, so that's that's why they're using that technique. But yeah, it is yeah. bullshit. Yeah. It, it very much is. And, of course, it opens the door to say, hey, look, I'm going to use my religion to get out of paying taxes. Or right. Oh, yeah. A, you know, and it's, it has been used in the past to get out of military service. I know that for some, sure. Some, some, Ali, reli some, some religions ignore the law about only having one wife. That's right. That's right. So, I don't know. It's just a gigantic question mark that yes, I, don't, yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. I, we have done such a good job here today. Oh, uh, we have? I, I, I don't know what we can possibly talk about in the uh, in the, uh, the shadow docket. Uh, shadow docket. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I feel the, your pain. Somebody was in the way of the cue card. So <laughs> I. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't even have cue cards here. I, so I, I, I would like to tell uh, talk a little bit about playing Santa. Okay. Yeah. What we're going to talk what, about what, that. Yeah. What do you have for the shadow docket? Uh, let's see. Uh, Trump talking about Kim Jong-un during oh, his yeah. Jake LaMotta-style nostalgia tour with Bill O'Reilly. We're going to talk about that. Uh, the Deucey Boy is a dumb shit. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Oh, there, sure. There's another Duggar in trouble. Uh, <laughs> Greg Abbott talked about controlling your own body with Sean Hannity the other day. Uh, idiot. And guess what? We have voter fraud. I wonder who committed voter fraud today. Buzz? Bob, was it, was it the Republicans, Bob? I think it was. We'll have that information <laughs> on the Shadow Docket coming up on our Patreon page. That is bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow. $5 per month, and uh, you get a Shadow Docket show every Tuesday and Thursday. It's the third act of our free show. That we only, yeah, we only present it for our Patreon subscribers. So go over there and sub subscribe. And by the way, if you do, you're also going to get our indie music Christmas playlist at the end of this week. So we have uh, just a few more shows left for you before the holiday break. This uh, is our last Tuesday show, right? Before yes, our, our last Tuesday show. But we are going to be doing a New Year's Eve show. Yes. That uh, I think you and I neglected to talk about before we started today's show. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'll contact you about that, and we'll get that cool. all. I'll we'll be get there. that all together. Yeah, yeah. We're going to do that during the break, as we did uh, last year. It's going to be lots of uh, fun. It'll be yeah. uh, your best jokes of the year. I can't wait for that, and uh, and a whole lot more. Maybe some surprise guests in there too. And we're just going to get the whole troop together and uh, talk over each other for an hour or so. Uh, it's a blast. Don't miss it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, let's see what else. So we got a Wednesday show. Got an interview show with Charlie Pierce tomorrow. Of course, Goth Ninja's back on Thursday. That's Jody and David. And then on Friday, me and Kimberly Johnson. And uh, blowing everything out on, on Friday on the on our Patreon page on the After Party. All right. By the way, if you want to subscribe to the After Party, it's $10 a month on our Patreon page. You also get the Shadow Docket shows in the price of the after party. So you get a giant stack of shows. You'll never be without a podcast if you sign up. All right, we'll see you on the Shadow Docket, folks. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye, Santa. Merry Christmas.